0: Hi there, welcome to Semester 7, Episode 8 of the Ivy Wise Just Admitted Podcast, where former deans and directors of admission give expert insight into the complex college admissions landscape. This season, we're cracking the code, translating common admissions speak. This means we'll be decoding and defining some commonly used admissions language and terms. I'm Tasha, your host. I'm an admissions counselor at Ivy Wise, a former international admissions officer at USC and former assistant director of international admissions at Boston University. My guest today is Robin for a second time this season, very excited to have her back. She's former senior assistant director of admissions at Georgetown University and former admissions officer at Vanderbilt University. Hi Robin.
1: Hi everyone, I'm excited to be back.
0: Again, so excited to have you back as we're heading toward the end of the season, Uh, and today we're going to be tackling another commonly used admissions term, and that is the term hook. We'll be answering the following question, what is a hook or a hooked student? Okay, so this is something that comes up quite often, and I think that us in the admissions world sometimes use it left and right and, and, and forget to sometimes sit down and really kind of Take apart what What does it really mean and 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 how should students, prospective students potentially approach it? so so let's just get right to it. What is a hook? Sure. So
1: starting very broadly, a hook in college admissions lingo refers to distinguishing characteristics or qualities that an applicant has that might garner them additional consideration in the application
0: review process. Okay, so really broadly speaking, characteristics or qualities, which could be a variety of things. And we're going to kind of break that down a little bit because they go into a couple of different buckets. Uh, So what are some of those different kinds of buckets that we would put these hooks, otherwise known as characteristics or qualities, into?
1: Yeah, it's really important to understand that there's a wide range of things that might be considered hooks that could, as I said, garner a student's application, additional consideration uh, throughout the review process. So the way that I look at hooks, um, I think of it this way. There are hooks that a student is born with or born into. Uh, There are hooks that a student can cultivate, and there are hooks that are determined based on what the university's priorities or their needs might be during any given admissions uh, cycle. So when I say hooks that you're, you're born into or that you don't really have control over necessarily, those would be aspects of the student's lived experience. So things like where that student lives geographically, uh, socioeconomic status, whether or not the student's parents attended college. If they did attend college, where did they go to college? Other sorts of innate hooks that a student um, can, or other innate hooks would include things like exceptional skills or talents, maybe as it relates to athletics um, or, you know, arts, performing arts, um, things of that nature. One of the things that I mentioned was the idea of you know where your, your parents may have gone to school. And so I do want to mention as it relates to legacy admissions, that's what that is called. We, we definitely now are seeing a, a change in, in how universities are, are considering that in their application review process. Legacy admissions has long been considered a hook um, for many, many years at many institutions. And then you know, several months ago, when the Supreme Court struck down um, affirmative action, we have begun to see more universities um, start to have conversations about whether or not they will continue to consider uh, legacy status as part of um, a student's app or as part of a student's overall profile. So, I think it's important to understand that. What is considered a hook um, changes and evolves over time. In terms of skills that a student has, as I said, innate skills that a student um, might just be born with naturally talented in a certain area, if you will, you know, as I said, that the athletic component that refers to the hook of being um, a recruited athlete. Um, So this is a student whose athletic skills are in the very top percentage of their particular um, sport. They likely have achieved multiple distinctions at really high levels in their sport. And then similarly, a student who's very gifted, perhaps artistically, um, who has spent significant time honing their craft, um, who's potentially also received some type of recognition at the highest level for the the art they do or the performances they do, that type of thing. So another hook that would relate to, you know, the, the idea of hooks that you might be born with or born into, would be underrepresented demographic groups. Um, So that relates to geography, where where a student lives. Um, And then up until recently, would have also referred to a student's ethnicity, should that have been something they chose to share in their their application. Um, But in in light of the the Supreme Court's decision this past June, colleges can no longer um, utilize that type of information in the evaluation process um, it, for, for an applicant. So that ethnicity would not be considered um, a hook in, in the college admissions uh, process at this point in time. So again, those are just some examples of, of hooks that, as I said, you might be born into, or you might be born with, the born with part being talent, skills, et
0: cetera, which certainly can you know, be further refined over time. I really do appreciate what you said about how these are kind of ever evolving characteristics and categories. Uh, So as you said, legacy admissions is definitely one of those categories that has been in flux, um, particularly just this year has been a big part of the conversation. Uh, And, you know, we can talk a little bit more about historically maybe why uh, some of these categories like legacy legacy admissions have been hooks in the past and continue to be so, but might, you know, continue to change as institutions change the way that they approach these categories and other categories like talents and skills um you know, maybe are a little bit less likely to to change. I mean, they might, uh, depending on that school's institutional priorities, uh, you know, if they're really trying to grow a particular program or if they've over-enrolled in another program, you know, that might change the way that they approach your particular talent or skill. Uh, but overall, you know, those, those tend to be pretty um, consistent or kind of like stable hooks. Okay. So can a student create a hook if they don't think they have one? I think that students often come to us with these kinds of questions where they say like, okay, well, I'm I'm learning more about this process. I understand what you're saying, but can I whip this up out of thin air? Or is it something that just has to already be true? <laughs> <laughs> right. I know what you mean. A lot of students will say to us, well,
1: I, I don't play a sport or I play a sport, but I'm not going to be recruited or that kind of thing. And, and the, the reality is that yes, students can absolutely build their profile or cultivate a, a hook that might make them more compelling to an admissions office. And I think that's where the distinction is when it comes to hooks. There, are, You can absolutely be a competitive applicant to many, many universities, including highly selective schools, but where the distinguishing component starts to come into play is the compelling aspect. And so that's where hooks can come into play as far as um, having potentially an impact uh, in in moving the needle a little bit more in in the admission process. So I would say, in terms of cultivating a hook for a student, it's important to start early. To be very honest, it's it's more challenging if if a student becomes more aware of the need to have a hook when they're a junior because. Within months, they're going to be working on their college application. So I think it's important to start early because typically to create an authentic hook, uh, there needs to be sustained involvement and commitment um, over time. So I know a word that you know we often use at Ivy Wise when we talk about students is, is the idea of there being a pointy um, student. I'm gesturing to make a point, even though no one can see me, <laughs> uh, but pointy students. These are students who have cultivated that level of mastery um, in a particular area that can truly set them apart from other applicants. This is where a student may have developed a passion project or an impact initiative. Those are sort of the phrases that you might hear. And those can serve as a way to show a college how a student has merged their interests and skills in a way that addresses a bigger issue or need. And I'll just use an example, a student that I had the privilege of, you know, getting to know and work with a few years ago. This was a student who was very enamored with the field of linguistics, which is the the study of of languages, um, the structure of languages Um, and this student was doing their own independent research on Indo-European languages, specifically a type of verb tense. Um, It was way over my head, honestly, but it was fascinating. And this student also founded a 503 C nonprofit devoted to improving literacy rates in the area um, where she lived. That is a great example of a passion project And it's a great example of a student that merged academic interests with other interests she had beyond um, just the the linguistics itself, but the broader issue of literacy. um, So a social issue and merging those two things together to create an initiative that is continuing to have an impact uh, in in that student's local community. Um, You know, one of my one of our um, good colleagues actually, I think, described it really well and said, you know, it's a blend of passion, skill, and actionable outcomes. That is the definition of, of a passion project. Katie is the one that said that. And I really liked that. Um, it's a de- that's the definition of a passion project that can serve as a hook to further differentiate a student in an already highly competitive applicant pool.
0: That's a great example, Robin. And I just want to to shout out to episode two of semester seven. So this current season of Just Admit It uh, delved into that. What is a pointy student? So I spoke with our colleague Alicia and went quite in depth on um, kind of the, the spectrum from well-rounded to angular to pointy and then kind of focusing on how the college admissions uh, process and kind of perspective on that has changed through the years um, going from kind of looking more for well-rounded students to now being much more focused on pointy students um, we kind of delve into a little bit of the why of that and give some examples so definitely check out episode two if you haven't already and are interested in learning more about that um, and. I, I do want to take a second to think about you know this this question that I just asked you, you know can can a student create a hook, and you're right you know yes they can a certain kind of hook, uh, but like you said they do have to start early, uh, considering that it takes time to build up these these uh, you know very kind of in depth interests uh, if you're working toward a pointy kind of hook in this sense. But then, of course, obviously, I want to acknowledge that there are certain hooks that you obviously can't create, like legacy admissions if your parents didn't go to a particular school or, like Robin said, if you don't already play a sport, aren't planning on being recruited, etc. Um, before we move on, though, Robin, can we go back to to legacy admissions and, and just take a second to talk a little bit more about um, why maybe historically, so maybe not thinking about just the last year's conversation, it has been considered a hook for universities.
1: Part of that legacy review also entails looking at um, how involved the parent, if it's the case, if if it is a parent, and that's usually what is considered the strongest legacy hook. It's, It's parent, in some cases, grandparents. It really varies from school to school, but generally speaking, Parent and usually at the undergraduate level, although some schools might consider a graduate degree that a parent earned to also be a legacy to be considered for legacy, but it varies from school to school. But the reasoning behind that is because colleges want to maintain good relationships with with their alumni. Um, alumni donate to to universities. Um, that is a way that the university um, maintains its funding. Um, and keeps programs running and, and all of those sorts of things. And so it, it's long been important for, for admissions offices to ensure that they do have space for, for legacy applicants to maintain that, that relationship um, with, with their alumni. Um, because the idea is well, if, if this student whose parent attended here, if that student comes here, that student is likely to also become an, you know. A, a donating alum down the road once once they graduate and sort of continuing that that cycle um, of of you know bringing in um, money for for the university to continue to enhance programs and facilities and and things of that nature.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right, Robin. Thank you for for putting it so well. And, you know, there are certain universities who have released official statements regarding it. Uh, So if you yourself are applying to a college or university where you would be a legacy applicant, you know, definitely check out uh, that university's recent statements and see if, you know, they've changed their position on that. I also wanted to add that uh, sometimes siblings are considered uh, legacy applicants as well, uh, kind of depending on Mm -hmm. the university. Yeah, that's a
1: great point too. Um, and yeah, and if anything, it just goes to show how much it can vary from school to school in terms of how they define legacy and how, if at all, it can play a factor in the admissions review process.
0: Exactly. Okay. Awesome. So I I wanted to to reference something that you just said in your last answer, which might feel like ages ago, <laughs> which was, um, you know, a student might worry. You know, how can I create a hook if I need a hook? You can use the word need. And I wanted to kind of um, push back on that a little bit and and think about, you know, does every student need a hook? What happens if a student doesn't have a hook? And what are other things that students can do to improve their application if they don't have, you know, an innate hook, like legacy, for example, but are maybe coming to this process, like you said, in their junior year, where creating a pointy hook uh, might be a little bit difficult at that stage.
1: Yeah, I, I think, and certainly it's not the case that every student needs a hook. I, I think I think what is important that students have in their application is the ability to really articulate what it is they want to study and why they want to study it and what are the things that matter to them, both academically and socially. I, I think those are two really important things. Um, and and certainly, yes, some students can merge those things together to create, you know, some type of project that very well might serve as a hook. But for students who are maybe still interested in a variety of things and sort of, you know, dipping their toes into different areas, I would I would say continue to pursue the academic subjects that interest you, as well as the social uh, issues that interest you. And if you're, you know, for a student that maybe isn't quite sure, just look in your local area. What's going on in your local community that maybe you want to be part of, or maybe you want to be part of the solution to Um, I I think students who are willing to challenge themselves academically in the classroom um, and potentially maybe even willing to expand um, on their knowledge that they've gained in the classroom by maybe taking a self-paced online class independently, just to delve a little bit deeper into a topic. Doesn't matter what grade level you're in, any student can do that. There's plenty of free online courses that would allow a student to maybe jump a little bit more deeply into a particular academic subject that they enjoy. Now, is that going to be a specific hook? Not necessarily, but it's going to just give them a little more depth to their overall profile. And and I think that can certainly be a positive thing. I would encourage students who have been involved in in certain activities for an extended amount of time to continue with those activities, um, to maintain that level of involvement, but also see if there's maybe some new initiatives they might be able to bring to the table within those organizations, or can they connect maybe... Uh, a school organization or club that they're part of um, maybe create some type of partnership with a local organization. I think there's, there's different ways where students can just sort of level up um, what they're already doing without it being something along the lines of starting a nonprofit and and that whole type of thing. Because I I think, you know, when I shared that example, as soon as I said it, my first thought was, oh, now everybody's going to think they have to go start a nonprofit. (laughs) And, And that's just not the case. I think students really when, they, when they're when they cultivating just their overall profile, not even necessarily a hook, so to speak, it's important that they be authentic to what their interests are. I know for me, just philosophically, when I work with students, that is what I care about. I want students to do what they really enjoy and study the things they want to enjoy and be part of the activities that they want to enjoy. And so for some students, that's where the hook might end up being developed. But for students where that may not be the case, there's still, as I said, I think, fairly easy ways for a student to just further enhance, build out their overall profile um, in a way that will still make them a a competitive applicant for
0: many, many schools. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. And I, I, I did have that same thought, actually, when you shared that example. But Um, didn't want (laughs) to, didn't want to, uh, point, point it out, but I think you're right. Um, students often feel like, you know, do I have to do this exact X, Y, Z to get into college? Um, every time they hear these kinds of exceptional examples. And I think it really is just all about, uh, putting it into perspective and into this extremely, extremely competitive, uh, environment that we're in. Um, so of course it depends on uh, a student's profile in the rest of their application when it comes to to academics and, you know, qualitative and quantitative factors. But then also of course depends on the level of selectivity of the colleges that a student is looking at. Um, and you know how how much they might need to or want to or consider doing uh, to make themselves pointier you know, depending on how much time they have, et cetera. <laughs> so um, yes, I agree, not not to suggest that all students have to start a nonprofit, but um, that's within the spectrum of the things a student can consider doing to like Robin said, level up.
1: Right, and I think again, the, the reason why I shared that example is because that's where a hook can differentiate a really compelling student from a student who is a competitive student. I mean, there, a compelling student can also be, very, and you know, likely is also competitive, but compelling is, and again, it, there's, you know, I know all of us have worked with such a, you know, wide range of students who've had a wide range of interests and done, you know, a variety of things, but, but compelling students, I, I mean, that is a really small number of students when you think about it, especially in terms of having a hook so to speak that is is powerful enough to potentially you know tip a student more into the admit group so to speak especially with this ever-evolving landscape in college admissions and especially when we consider as i mentioned earlier institutional priorities that change any given year and you know counselors, you know, we're not privy to those things. um, Usually, you know, we might hear of a school wanting to expand a certain academic program or something along those lines, but um, you know, that type of example was meant to, you know, help people understand that that is a way a student who doesn't have the, what we might call maybe a traditional hook, like a recruited athlete, or at least for many years, legacy, but has taken personal interest and really done something substantial with those interests to differentiate themselves um,
0: in an applicant pool. So is it possible or dangerous for a student to over-rely on a HOOK? Of course, remembering that their application includes many other factors.
1: Right. I mean, I almost think it's time to come up with a new term, honestly, because HOOK implies, you know, you're they're getting hooked and brought in, right? And I think all of us ha- have worked with with students over the years where there was a very clear hook. And for reasons beyond, you know, our, our control, that student, you know, w- was not offered admission to a particular university. So I think it's incredibly dangerous to just assume that because one has what one thinks is a hook, that that there's no guarantee. There is just absolutely no guarantee in college admissions. And I think it's important when it comes to managing expectations um, to not make any assumptions about how much influence a particular hook may have on, on the admissions decision. You know, at the end of the day, again, I go back to institutional priorities. Essentially, I mean that's the third type of hook that that I mentioned. Um, you know, the university's needs that that's a hook the student can't control, and the student's not privy to that information. As I said, you know, we're we're you know, rarely are either. Um, and so, I think again, this goes back to the importance of having a balanced list of schools. Um, and certainly based on the student's profile and, and whether or not there, there's a hook as, as we've been defining it um, during our conversation today, it's still important to have a balanced list of schools. Even a student that is a legacy to a university that still considers legacy admissions, they still need to have a balanced list of schools, um, which means a range of schools that have a, a range of um, acceptance rates because at the end of the day, we're just in this incredibly unpredictable um, admissions landscape right now. And we have been for quite a few years and I, I don't know about you, but I feel like it continues to get even more unpredictable um, every year when admissions results come out. So I think a hook might give students and families, a, you know, a sense that a school might be a shoe in and I would caution anyone from taking that mindset into their application process. Um, because as I said, there just are not, there is just absolutely no guarantee in that regard. Hence why I think we need to come up with a new term because Hook just, just don't think it
0: really captures it anymore. <laughs> yeah, Robin, I, I couldn't agree more and I think, um... You know, maybe I I could have done a whole episode this season about legacy admissions and maybe we'll consider doing that in the future. But I do think that uh, especially when it comes to legacy admissions in this current landscape, it's really, really important for students to not over rely on that hook. Um, also considering, you know, just how much has changed since perhaps uh, a student's parents or or especially grandparents uh, went to a particular school. If we're looking at the Ivies or any of the top, top, most competitive institutions, their, their admissions rates have plummeted even in the last 10 years. So not to say that, you know, a student is any less worthy than their parents of that particular admissions. It's just that the the overall landscape uh, and competition has increased so much that it can be dangerous to assume that just because of the legacy hook, um, a student would be considered as competitive as perhaps their parent was, you know, 20, 25 years ago, just because so much has changed. Um, So that just about wraps up this episode of Just Admit It. Thanks so much for being with us, Robin. And for all of you listeners, stay tuned for a new episode every other week throughout the fall. Next up, we'll be answering, what is yield and why is it important? In the meantime, you can catch up on all of our previous episodes by visiting our podcast page and be sure to bookmark our knowledge base for additional help with navigating the complex and competitive admissions process. If there are any topics you'd like us to cover in the next semester, please email us at podcast at ivywise.com. And don't forget to follow us on socials for more resources on the higher ed landscape. You can find us at follow IvyWise. From IvyWise, I'm your host, Tasha, and this has been Just Admit It. See you next time.